um, this song that Peggy and I are going to sing is, um, it's been a challenge all week. But honestly, if this was the only challenge I had this week, <laughs> um, it would have been good. But anyhow, I just really want you to focus on the words of this. Because faith is a place where we can go. And even when things are really hard, we know that we're safe and secure in the hand of our good shepherd, in the hand of our almighty God. And his faithfulness is beyond belief. We can't, we don't have to test it. He's proven himself over and over and over again. Yo no. 
If you would take your Bibles and uh, open them up to the Gospel of John, chapter 10, that would be great. John 10. Let's pray. Our good shepherd, we we thank you for how you've been reminding us this whole time this morning of the benefits of following you as our shepherd, being part of your flock, belonging to you, being able to trust you no matter what's going on. And now, Lord, I pray that you would reinforce that because we need reinforcement, Lord. We forget so easy. Reinforce that truth as we look at your word. Speak through the words of Jesus, please, as we look at them. In his name we pray. Amen. If uh, you are a follower of Major League Baseball and the National Football League, it has been quite a week. Uh, This is preseason time for baseball. It's free agency time for both sports. We're getting close to draft time for professional football. Players are being traded. Players are signing with new teams. Players are being cut. There's a lot going on. If you follow the Twins, you know that they made a big trade and got two players from the Yankees this week. And I was reading that this was a shock to those two from the Yankees, that they were going to the Twins. They had shown up in Tampa for the Yankee spring training one day, and the next day they were told they were traded to Minnesota. They were shocked. They were surprised. In a day's time, feeling like they didn't belong anymore. They weren't Yankees anymore. And then I want to say something to my dear Packer friends. I am sorry that you have had such a roller coaster week emotionally. The week started with elation, I'm sure. Celebration as you found out Aaron Rodgers was coming back. And you got out the chips and the dip and celebrated. He's back. And just a couple days later, you found out that Devontae Adams, your best wide receiver, was traded to Las Vegas. And you put the chips and dips away, or you threw them against the wall. And I can't imagine what your emotions have been like this week. I will pray for you. And what it's been to me to kind of watch this happen in both sports this week is to remind me of the uncertainty that those players have. There, there really isn't a lot of security 
when you're a professional ball player. You know, somebody might say, well, they're millionaires. They're secure. Money doesn't give you security. But they can't even feel secure belonging to a certain team. They don't know if one day you belong and the next day you don't belong. They don't know if they show up one day as a member of this team that, who knows, they might be cut from that team, no longer wanted, and part of another team. Or maybe no team takes them after they're cut. I mean, it, it, I was just reminded of the insecurity in that whole, whole realm. And it's just a, a small part of the insecurity and uncertainty in our whole world. I mean, there's so much uncertainty. There, there's so much insecurity in our world in all avenues. We, we just live in that environment of insecurity and uncertainty. And much more important, many, 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 I can't say enough, many times more important is our relationship with Jesus Christ and our salvation in him. And it always is something that makes me sad when I hear of Christians even living in uncertainty and insecurity in the area of their salvation. And for some reason, not being sure if the salvation they have today will be there tomorrow. That maybe I'll do something. Maybe something will happen in my life. And my salvation will be taken from me. It will be gone. I'll be cut. But friends, I want you to know, and we're going to see it reinforced in Scripture as we look at John 10, that if you belong to Jesus, if you have entered His kingdom through Him, His sheepfold, as we'll see in the word picture, through Him, you are secure. There is something certain, and that's your salvation. So let's, let's review. We're doing uh, three weeks in John chapter 10. And last week we started. And we saw that uh, in chapter 9, prior to this, Jesus had just healed a blind man. He'd been blind his whole life. And now he's an adult. And Jesus comes along and meets the guy and he heals him. He can see for the first time in his life. And in chapter 9, we find the Pharisees, who were the religious leaders. They were called the shepherds of Israel. And when they find out that Jesus has healed this man, instead of being shepherds, spiritual leaders who will celebrate with him and his family, they're upset. They're upset because Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath day. 
They felt it was a violation of the Sabbath rules. They have a conversation with this man who's been healed, and they are nowhere near celebrating with him. They're upset with him. They're challenging him. Doubting the truth of what he's saying. And then they call his parents and question them like they've done something wrong. Instead of being the spiritual leaders who would celebrate with them that their son can now see. And then chapter 9 ends with Jesus beginning a conversation with these Pharisees who think he's violated the Sabbath. And we come into chapter 10, as we did last week. And Jesus decides in his conversation with these Pharisees, the shepherds of Israel, spiritual leaders, to use a word picture to get across his point. And his word picture has to do with shepherds, sheep, sheepfolds, things that would be very familiar to the Jewish people. And in doing that... He eventually introduces himself, reveals himself as the good shepherd. The good shepherd. And that the only way into his sheepfold is through him. The only way to salvation is through him. And once you come to salvation, you belong to him. He becomes your good shepherd. The Pharisees, as the religious leaders, know their Old Testament. They taught the Old Testament to the people. And so they would have known of Ezekiel 34. We looked at it last week which they would have seen as one of the prophecies of the coming Messiah, the coming Christ. And in Ezekiel 34, it says that he would come as a good shepherd, as the good shepherd. Because in Ezekiel 34, uh, there are woes being cast upon the religious leaders in that day of Israel. They've been pretty bad shepherds. They don't care for their sheep. And so Jesus reveals himself as the good shepherd, which means the Pharisees understand what he's saying. They know what he's claiming. He's claiming to be the fulfillment of Ezekiel 34. He's claiming to be that good shepherd, which means he's claiming to be what? The Messiah. The promised Christ. Knowing that. They challenge him. And that's where we begin today. Verse 22, chapter 10. Then came the feast of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple area, walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, which you claim, Tell us plainly, which in a sense is pretty comical because he's been saying it all along in different ways and been doing things that would 
prove that claim. And so he says in verse 25, I did tell you. You know, what do you mean? Tell us. I did tell you. But you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me. All these miracles you've seen me doing, including the one you just saw, the healing of the blind man, they speak for me. They prove who I am. Verse 26, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. You religious leaders are not my sheep. You don't belong to me. I'm not your shepherd. Because you don't believe. And then he comes back to the word picture of shepherds and sheep. In verse 27, he says, My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. The Pharisees weren't listening to Jesus. He knows his sheep. He didn't know them. They didn't know him. And they follow me. The Pharisees weren't following him. They weren't his sheep. And then we come to what our focus is this morning. He says, I give them eternal life. Who's the them? In the word picture, it's my sheep. It's my people. The people who have come to me, who follow me, who believe in me. They're part of my sheepfold. You know, they're part of my, my family. They belong to me. He says, I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. There's a lot of certainty in those statements. There's a lot of security in those few statements. Let's just look at it quickly. He says, referring to his sheep, the people who believed in him, who belonged to him, he says, I give them eternal life. Remember in verse 10, he had talked about how he came to give life abundant. Here he says, to those who belong to me, my sheep, the ones I shepherd, I have given eternal life. What does eternal mean? Never-ending, right? Does something eternal come to an end? Well, if it came to an end, it, would, it wouldn't have been eternal, right? But he says, I give to those who belong to me eternal life. That sounds like security if you belong to Jesus. If Jesus is your good shepherd, 
That sounds like security. I give you eternal life. Abundant and eternal. Then he says, and they shall never perish. Never means, guess what? Never. Not at any time. Never. And that's what he's saying about those who belong to him, those who believe in him. He says, I give them eternal life, they shall never perish. That sounds like security. That sounds like certainty to me. And he goes on. I give them eternal life, they shall never perish. And he says, no one can snatch them out of my hand. They belong to me. I'm their shepherd. No one can snatch them out of my hand. No one. What does that mean? No one. Not a single one. It can't be done. No one can snatch them away from me, out of my hand. And then he adds, my father is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. No one. Not a single one. It can't be done. No one can snatch out of my father's hand those who belong to me, who have believed in me, have come to me, that follow me. That sounds like security, doesn't it? It's like Jesus is saying, if you're in my hands, you're in the Father's hands. And if you're in the Father's hands, you're in my hands. No one can take you out of my hands. No one can take you out of the Father's hands. And then he makes a statement which we'll look at more next week. I and the Father are one. Sounds like security. Sounds like certainty. If you belong to Jesus. If he is your good shepherd. If you believe in him and follow him. He says, you have eternal life. Never will perish. And no one can snatch you out of his hand. That just reeks with certainty. With security. It's not the only time that Jesus talks like this. Um, Let's just stick in the Gospel of John. Turn with me to John chapter 3. And we're going to look at these four or five scriptures. And what I want you to remember before we look at them is this. This is really important. In every one of these scriptures that we're going to look at, Jesus is speaking. If you have a red letter Bible, it'll be red, so you'll know. In every one of these, Jesus is speaking. So it's his words that we're going to see. Jesus' words. And I'm going to warn you that for some of these, when we look at them, you are going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted to have thoughts come into your mind. Thoughts like, but what about? 
You ever have those thoughts pop into your mind? When we read these words of Jesus, some of you will be tempted to have that thought. But what about? Or the thought, but what if? I encourage you to resist that temptation. No whatabouts, no what ifs, just what is Jesus saying? That's all that's important here. What is Jesus saying? So just get ready to push those whatabouts and what ifs away. Okay? So John 3.16. Jesus speaking. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Same thing he said in chapter 10, isn't it? Whoever believes in me, whoever believes in the one and only Son of God that was sent, will not perish, will have eternal life. Remember what eternal means. That's what Jesus says. Let's go to 524. 524. He says, I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Okay, that's the third time we've seen that now. Whoever believes in him has eternal life. Remember what eternal means. It doesn't come to an end. And will not be condemned. Whoever believes will have eternal life and not be condemned. That's good to hear, isn't it? He has crossed over from death to life crossed over from death where he was to life. That's Jesus saying that. Let's go to chapter 6. Chapter 6. Starting in verse uh, 37. 637. Jesus speaking. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Never. Remember what never means. Not at any time. So he says, whoever the Father gives me that comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me. You have the word none. N-O-N-E. Jesus says, of all those the Father sent him, he will lose none. That's God's will, he says. But... I will raise them up at the last day. 
resurrection. I'll raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have, and here it is again, eternal, remember what it means, life. And I will, and I think it's good here to emphasize will, and I will raise him up at the last day. Well, that passage is just smothered in certainty and security for those who believe in Jesus and belong to him. Let's go to uh, chapter 8. Still Jesus speaking his words. Verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never, there's that word again, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, apart from Jesus, you live in darkness. You walk in darkness. When you know Jesus, when he's your shepherd, when you come to him for salvation, you have been transferred over to the kingdom of light. Paul talks about it more in Colossians 1. Uh, Paul talks about it again in um, actually the book of Acts. This idea that when we come to Christ for salvation, we are rescued from this kingdom of darkness and we are placed in the kingdom of light. That transfer takes place through salvation. And this is one of the three or more places where that kind of thing is mentioned. And the way Jesus puts it is, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Which I think means we'll never be back there again. Never means never. If through salvation you have been rescued from darkness and you are now in the kingdom of light, Jesus is saying once that's happened, you will never Walk in darkness. You'll never live there again. There isn't a back and forth every Sunday night. You know? They'll never walk in darkness. Now, he's not saying they'll never sin. He's saying you'll never live there again. If you sin, you're living over here in the kingdom of light. Which doesn't make sense, but we do it. But he says, you'll never walk in darkness. You'll never live there again. Never. One more. John 11. John 11, 25. Uh, you're probably familiar with this passage. It's, uh, it's the resurrection, the raising of Lazarus, Jesus' friend. He had died and... Um, Eventually he comes walking out of the tomb. You know the story. But this is toward the beginning when Jesus comes there and, and he uh, meets up with Lazarus' sisters, Martha and Mary, who are grieving uh, the loss of their brother. And here he's talking to Martha. In verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Isn't that interesting? Whoever believes in me will live even though 
he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Again, Jesus is using the word never. He's he's talking about this idea that if you believe in me, death isn't the end. You will go on living. You'll, You'll never die in the sense of your existence is over. That sounds like certainty. That sounds like security. And then we come back to John 10, just right before that. What Jesus is saying in John 10 is something that he has said many times. So it's not just a a one-time thing. It keeps getting reinforced. So he's saying when, when you belong to me, when you believe in me, when you have come to salvation through me, I will give you eternal life. Remember what that means, eternal. doesn't end. You will never perish, never, not at any time. No one, not a one, can snatch you out of my hand. You belong to me. There's security there. No one, not one, will be able to snatch you out of my Father's hand. Because if you're in my hand, you're in the Father's hand. And if you're in the Father's hand, you're in my hand. Why? Because I and the Father are the same. We are one. Now, the Pharisees are not going to like to hear that. But we'll talk about that next week. For now, I just want you to notice the security and the certainty that's in this passage and reinforced in many other situations where Jesus spoke. If we just can resist the temptation to entertain those whatabouts and what-ifs and just see what Jesus says, what came out of his mouth, you would have to agree what came out of his mouth all those times was security, certainty, if you belong to him. And he's your shepherd. So the question becomes, and by the way, on the right side of your sheet in the bottom, you have a lengthy list of things that Paul and other New Testament writers said about the same subject. And if you look at them, they agree with these things Jesus said. There's security and certainty in all of them. So the question this morning that I would conclude with would be, is Jesus your good shepherd? Do you belong to him? Have you entered into salvation through him? Have you acknowledged your sinfulness? What keeps you out of his sheepfold to him? Have you sought his forgiveness that he provided in his death, paying the penalty for your sin? Have you placed your belief in Jesus and surrendered your life to him, following him?
Is he your good shepherd? If he is, he has given you eternal life. He said so. You will never perish. He said so. No one can snatch you out of his hand. He said so. No one can snatch you out of the Father's hand. Jesus said so. Because he and the Father are one. They're the same. And you will be raised on the last day. Jesus said so. He won't lose you. He said so. Now we can we can enjoy discussing and debating and trying to figure out the what ifs and the what abouts. But what's more important is what Jesus said. The words he used. And they are words that are full of security and certainty. So the question is, do you belong to Jesus? That's the question. The question isn't, can I lose my salvation? The question isn't, can Jesus cut me, trade me? question is, do you belong to him? Is he your shepherd? That's the question. Because if you are, there is security. There is certainty. Because Jesus said so. And that causes you and I to be free free from uncertainty, free from insecurity, free from fear that maybe I'll be off the team at some point. It frees you to worship him for that security and that certainty. It frees you to serve him. It frees you To love him without uncertainty. It frees you to follow him, to obey him. It just frees you to live for him. This certainty. And isn't it nice to know that there is something that's certain and secure in this world we live in, and that something is knowing Jesus Christ, belonging to him, and he being your good shepherd, safe and secure in his hands, in his fold. So what I would like you to do, and uh, this isn't the end of the story, the Pharisees are not going to like what he just said, and... uh, We'll talk about that next week. For now, we need to be grateful. If you're a person who belongs to Jesus, if he's your good shepherd, if you have believed in him and you have entered into salvation through Jesus, uh, this is a time to thank him for that certainty and that security you have 
in your relationship with him. So I'd like us to just bow our heads and pray. And I'd like you, those of you who belong to Jesus, I'd like you to spend some time thanking him for this truth that came out of his mouth many times, that you are secure. And he's not going to lose you. And he's not going to leave you. You are certainly with him forever. He's your shepherd. Thank him in your own words in prayer. All right? If you don't know Jesus, if you don't belong to him, maybe this is a good time for that to happen. You want some certainty in your life, some security? You want somebody to follow who will never fail you? You want somebody to follow that will hold you in his hand and nothing and no one can take you away from him? Then I encourage you as you bow your head to acknowledge the sinfulness that keeps you from that. Seek his forgiveness. Surrender your life to him to follow your good shepherd. Let's pray. Let's spend some time giving thanks or surrendering our life to Jesus. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Amen.